two days before Halloween, and Dennis Allen was dressed up like Sean Payton. Derek Carr was doing his best Drew Brees imitation. The offensive line was partying like it was 2009. And Pete Carmichael looked like a real offensive coordinator. What the hell is going on? Will the real Saints please stand up on Datitude coming up next? If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who slept through Sunday, woke up, looked at the box score, and said, what in the hell was that? Saints 38, Colts 27. It is not a misprint. I mean, who, who really slept through Sunday? I mean, some people worked their tails off all week, and maybe they said, you know what, I got a choice to sleep all day or watch the Saints. Hmm. I mean, people could, I, I could certainly could understand if some people chose to sleep. Well, I mean, you slept through the best game in a, best Saints game in a long time. It's not a misprint. Saints 38, Colts 27, all sorts of first in X amount of time for the Saints. We're going to get into I mean, there's all sorts of firsts. I mean, not first ever in franchise history, but first in the not, the post-Drew Brees era, first in the post-Sean Payton era. We're going to get to a lot of those things coming up, Derry's Dime. Uh, this is Datitude, episode number 183 for a Monday, October the 30th, 2023. And I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the time, speaking in the advocate and bet.nola.com. Look, um... People just think, I know people think that, that I enjoy being negative Nelly sometimes. Absolutely not true. I mean, the fact is that more people listen to the show for some unknown, ungodly reason when the Saints suck. It's, it's a fact. I can show numbers if anyone wants to see them. I have no idea. Maybe I express my negativity better than others do. Maybe people really want to hear the way that it is when the Saints suck? Why would you want to hear? I don't know that. Why would you want to hear the way it is when the Saints suck, but you don't want to hear the way it is when they don't suck? You're, I mean, massive. It, it is right before Halloween. We just said that in the intro. We're going to get into those things. There is so much to get into in this show. I found the post-game interviews from Sunday fascinating. Um, we're going to hear later on from Dennis Allen, Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara. And then there's a clip that I have from, I don't know if any of you heard this or went on YouTube and saw it, but the Saints, I thought, I, I, I found this, I, I guess fascinating is going to be the word of the day. I found this fascinating as well. The Saints put a clip of Dennis Allen's locker room speech on their YouTube page. Now, see, I am of the ilk of 
If you're going to do something or show something during the good times, show it during the bad times too. I mean, why wouldn't you show me a locker room speech when the Saints blew a fourth quarter lead or lost to a Jacksonville team when they had no business losing? I mean, Jacksonville now has turned out to be pretty good. I think I heard yesterday they now have the longest winning streak, current winning streak in the NFL. Just goes to show you how the NFL can be had this year and how some team you don't expect to win is going to win it. I mean, unless some team comes out of the blue and just starts winning, because there ain't nobody. You can say XYZ team stinks. There isn't a really, really, really good team in the NFL right now. There's not a single really good team in the NFL. It's not like the last few years where you said, ooh, Chiefs, ooh, Eagles, whatever. There isn't a good team. You name me one team that you say, oh, that team is going to be incredibly tough to beat. Sure, you could say the Bengals are going to be really tough to beat because they played well in San Francisco yesterday. But you wouldn't have said that a few weeks ago. You could say Jacksonville now. They're on a long winning streak, longest winning streak in the NFL. Point is, every, everything is for the taking now. Remember just, what, a few days ago. It was just, I mean, a few days ago. We were talking about how the Saints stunk. People were talking about how the season's over. Derek Carr's so terrible. Just miserable. People, who that's were miserable. I mean, I was pointing out what was wrong. I wasn't saying the season was over. People are saying this team needs to be dismantled. I mean, people were saying that. And there probably still are people saying that, but not nearly as many today. People were saying this team needed to be dismantled. And you know what? You wake up on Monday morning, and the New Orleans Saints are tied for first place in the NFC South. Now, is that something to go head over heels, get excited about? I mean, it depends on how you look at it. It sure beats the alternative, doesn't it? I mean, we, we say the way that it is or the way that we think it is here on this show and the way that we think it is right now is really no different than the way that we thought it was last week. This team is going to be exactly what we said they would be about, I don't know, three, four weeks ago when you could start to figure it out. They're going to be one giant roller coaster ride. And if you don't want to ride the roller coaster, it's kind of like maybe it's a Ferris wheel right now and it's at the bottom and now's your chance to get off. Because if you don't get off, you're going to be up at the top. I mean, you're not going to be able to get off soon. So either get off now or don't get or, or whatever. You're on. But that's this is the way it's going to be all season. Don't be fooled by this team is not the team that it was a week ago Thursday and stunk up the joint for 40 minutes and then it was good for 20 minutes. It's not the team that you saw yesterday that couldn't play defense. And the offense put up over 500 yards. It's neither one of those teams. It's somewhere in between. And that's what it's going to be all year long. And maybe, honestly, longer than that. It is what it is. You can either take it or you can't. Don't jump on and off the bandwagon. And one thing we are definitely going to talk about today in Derry's Dime is... 
the Derek Carr haters. Where are they? To, they climbed in whatever hole that they came out of, jumping around, couldn't, go, couldn't wait to go off. Oh, wait. Derek Carr was 19 to 27 for 310 yards and two touchdowns. Woo! Got to climb back in my hole. That's where you belong in your hole. We're going to hear from Derek Carr, Dennis Allen, Alvin Kamara. Again, uh, I just find it interesting. I really do. You want to play your, uh, you want to play me your locker room clips. Look, give them credit. Saints deserve credit in the world. But here's the thing. Here's what I don't understand. What I don't understand is Pete Carmichael, and we've said this before. I'm not fooled, by the way. I don't expect this performance against the Bears. They could have it. It wouldn't shock me if they scored 40 points against the Bears next week because the Bears stink. They showed that last night on Sunday Night Football. The Chargers could have scored 50 points if they wanted to. The, Char uh, the Bears are who we thought they were and are. So, But it, would it surprise you at all if the Saints laid an egg next week? No, because they're going to be up and down. Saints battled illnesses all week but yet came out and played their best offensive performance. They had their best offensive performance since Jameis Winston and the Saints beat the Green Bay Packers in the season opener of 2021, first game of the post-Breeze era. That was the last time the Saints team scored 38 points. Last time. September of 2021, first game of the post-Breeze era. They haven't done it since. There's a lot of things they haven't done since whenever. We're going to get to some of those. The team was, uh, was elated. But Pete Carmichael, why can't this game plan be put together every week? One thing I heard them talk about is they basically dumbed down the playbook. I don't think they changed any plays per se, but they changed the number of plays. And Derek Carr uses the set in his portion of his press conference. Um, basically, I'm sure this isn't the exact number, but if they had 50 plays before, and I'm sure it was a lot more than that, then they cut it down to 25, which I'm sure it's a lot more than that. Basically, they cut the playbook in half. And my question would be, why did it take eight games into the season to figure out that you needed to do that. And next week, are you going to say, well, let's, let's screw with it some more? But see, you could talk about the playbook all you want. I've said this every week now. I said it when they're successful. I said it when they're bad. I said whatever. The Saints, when, when are they good on offense? When they involve Taysom Hill the most. And there's no question that yesterday... I don't, I don't think there's been a game all season where they involved Taysom Hill as much as they involved him yesterday. And it doesn't always show up in the numbers. I thought they actually involved him a ton in the Jacksonville game. It didn't show up with a win. But I actually thought the Saints played okay offensively, at least in the second half of Thursday's game against Jacksonville. A week ago Thursday. You've got to involve Taysom Hill. Nine carries, 63 yards, two touchdowns. One of two, he threw the 44-yard bomb to Shahid. 
Jeez, Rashid Shahid. What did he eat for breakfast? Taysom Hill, one catch for 14 yards. In other words, he was completely involved. Even when he wasn't getting the football, you forced your opponent to look at number seven, which is the point. Even if he's not involved in a particular play, the fact that he's on the field, they have, they're looking at number seven. As much as they look at number 41. What else did you do yesterday? You cut down on how much you used Alvin Kamara. We said the one thing that we didn't like from a week ago Thursday against the Jaguars was that Alvin Kamara either touched the ball or he was targeted 31 times. He touched it 29 times a week ago Thursday. Yesterday, how many times did he touch it? 21. Major difference. He had 110 offensive yards. He was fresher. He scored twice. Big difference. That's what you want. I thought Jamal Williams was effective yesterday. It doesn't show up. A lot of things don't show up in a box score. But if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. Jamal Williams, six carries for 30 yards. All right, I'm no math genius. But I can tell you that's five yards a carry. And it's not about the number, but he was effective and did what he needed to do. And he took a load off of Alvin Kamara. He even had a catch for eight yards. He's going to be more a part of this offense going forward, which is the real Saints offense. Well, if they dumb down the playbook, and I don't mean that in a mean way. If they dumb down the playbook, if they cut the number, if they consistently cut the number of plays, if they stay where they are now, maybe add a couple more, they'll be fine. And you might say, well, the other team are going to figure out what. Well, of course, you change the plays that you're going to use. These are the 25 or 30 plays we're going to use for this game. And maybe it's, it's really more than 25 or 30. I mean, if you think about it, you have, what, 80 plays in a game? On average, I don't know. I mean, yesterday, what did the Saints have? They had 29 and 36, so they, were, they had 65 plays yesterday. If you count the number of passes and runs, 65 plays. So you might have 40 to 45 plays. I mean, you're going to run the same play multiple times. Let's say you have 40 plays. It beats 80. I don't know why you need 80 plays anyway. All you need to do is look at what the Saints did yesterday compared to what they've done the past two and a half years. 42 games. What's 42 games, you ask? 42 games. That was the last time before yesterday that the Saints had collected more than 500 yards. 42 games. The last time they did it, was the second to last game in the regular season of the Drew Brees era. Christmas Day against the Vikings, 580-something yards. It's also the first time since 2018, and Derek Allen talked, uh, Derek Allen, Dennis Allen, Dennis Carr, you know who I mean. Dennis Allen talked about it in his press conference, first time since 2018 that the Saints collected 
400 yards or more in three consecutive games. The offense is going in the right direction. We'll talk about the defense later. But in the second half yesterday, the Saints outscored the Colts 21-7. to They shut Gardner Minshew down. They forced him into making turnovers. They limited the Colts' running game. If I were a Colts fan, I'd want to know why we only had 24 carries yesterday because they were certainly effective running the football. They had two long runs. Jonathan Taylor had a 42-yard carry. Zach Moss had a 41-yard carry. That's something to worry about if you're a Saints fan. But Gardner Minshew, the Saints are now 3-0 in history against Gardner Minshew. Three different teams, 3-0. 23 of 41 for 213 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. And it was sacked twice. This offense is really no different than the offense you've been watching. The only difference, obviously, is they went through and picked the plays that they thought could work and a way to make it easier on... I mean, if you're not looking at your Surface tablets or whatever the hell kind of tablet you're using, we talked about this last week. You know, Jeff Duncan was reporting in a podcast that the Saints went through, and if you hadn't heard this, the Saints went through and looked at how many people were using their tablets during the week, how many people were basically studying. Let's, let's simplify it for, for the listeners as well. And the answer is half of the offensive players, and I mean half, half of the, how is this possible? Half of the offensive players weren't looking at their tablets. Was it because their attention spans are that freaking small? Or was it because it was just too hard to understand? Or was it because they're like a bunch of other 20-somethings and have other things they'd rather do than their jobs? Because let me tell you something. I know people are being nice to him because they won. But Chris Olave's, they need to unscrew Chris Olave's head out of his ass. He was not good again yesterday. I'm not just talking about the, the ball that bounced off his helmet. Five catches for 46 yards. That's not what a first round draft, that's not what a number 12 pick in the draft is supposed to do. Nine targets. He wasn't great. But I, you know, look, I'm not going to be negative today. I'm really not. I, I don't. I, I don't plan on being negative. You know me. I say whatever I think at the time, and there's no reason to be negative. Dennis Allen's happy. Everybody's happy. Well, look. I mean, I I would just say that I felt like our guys were much more much more on point with the execution of the plan, you know, this week. And so, you know, it just it just stands to reason that, you know, if you have. 25 plays instead of 50 plays, you know, it's a lot easier to, to uh, you know, be on point with all the little big details that go along with each play. So, um, yeah, I thought that was that was, that was part uh, of the success. You know, I think we got a pretty veteran group, and, and they know that, uh, you know, there's a standard that we hold ourselves to, and we, we hadn't been playing to that standard. So um, we went to work to try to fix it. They went to work and tried to fix it. One week doesn't mean you fixed it. But four and four and on top in the NFC South is a lot different than what people were talking about last week. 
I mean, who that's were ready to jump off of a bridge last week? Three and four. It was the end of the world. You know why? Because this team, you got to remember, and I say this week to week to week to week to week. It's no different in a win than it is in a loss. I mean, sure, I'm more pissed off in a loss when they do stupid stuff in games they should have won. I mean, if you notice in games that they're supposed to lose or the games they, they come in and maybe just they're not, they weren't supposed to win and they didn't win, I mean, I can't think of one like that this year, though. I mean, even the Tampa Bay game, they should have won that game. They're better than Tampa Bay. That's why I was ticked off against that after that game. But if you go into a game, if they were to play, I don't know, they got Detroit coming up in December. If they play Detroit, they play their butts off, and they lose by four or whatever, I'm not going to be mad. Nor should anyone really be mad. But the point is, you're comparing the team that you have now to the team that went 13-3 and three two years in a row and probably should have won the Super Bowl at least one of those years. Might have won the Super Bowl if you don't have the Minneapolis Miracle. Probably would have won the Super Bowl had an official taken a flag out of his pocket the next year and thrown the damn thing. This isn't that team. They're nowhere near that team. But they're also nowhere near the team that Sean Payton had in 2015, in 2014, in 20. 16, whatever, whatever that three-year span of stink was. And I can tell you I was doing I know 2015 was one of them because I was doing a show that year, Black and Gold Today. The Saints stunk. They were awful. You think this offense, you, you get mad at this offense? Well, go back and remember that defense of eight years ago. Nothing Watching this team over the course of since I was a little kid back in the 70s was more frustrating than watching the 2015 Saints defense. Nothing. Historically bad. You know, people joke about Sean Payton's defense now, which, by the way, yesterday was pretty darn good. So you take that defense from back then and compare it to the offense you have now, it's nothing, it's not even close. That team was not a team. The team that the Saints have now would kick that team's ass. So you just got to remember, you got to put things in context. Those 13-3 and three teams are gone. I'm not saying you should settle for mediocrity. That's not what I'm saying. But you have to live in the now as well. You, you can't change things in the middle of a season. You accept what they are in the middle of the season. Then you try to change them after the season's over. I mean, we have these pre-production meetings at, for Bayou Bets, the shows that I do on Monday and Thursday on bet.nola.com. And we, we have these discussions about, well, should this, the Saints, I mean, should Saints fans be pissed off about such and such? I'm like, you can't be mad about things that you can't change in the middle of the season. That's talk for February and March and April when the draft's coming up. And then maybe afterwards. I mean, when football's not being played, that's when you talk about that crap. You can't talk about things you can't change now. Are the Saints going to be mediocre for the next decade? Who knows? The way that it looks now, yeah. But you can't change that right now. So what the Saints did right this week is they changed the mindset 
of what they had been doing for now, what they can change right now. You know, we talked last week about Derek Carr being pissy. Is it a bad thing? So many people were talking about, oh, Derek Carr can't talk to people like that. Ridiculous. He's a starting quarterback. That's not the way that Drew Brees might have handled it, but he's not Drew Brees. Drew Brees is gone, and he's never coming back. It is the way Sean Payton would have handled it. No one had a problem with that. They had a problem with Sean Payton talking to Russell Wilson a certain way. Why? Because the Broncos were losing. If the Broncos were winning and Russell Wilson screwed up and went to the sideline and Sean Payton yelled at him, no one would have a problem with that because they're winning. Winning solves every, every problem. Well, not every problem, but most problems. Sometimes winning puts a Band-Aid on a problem. But if you're a Saints fan right now, a Band-Aid sure is a whole hell of a lot better than an open, gaping wound. And if you got to be happy, even if it's for 10 seconds, then by God, be happy. Gosh, it feels good to freaking smile. Let's go. Like I, like I told you all um, earlier this week, I thought we were, I think we're getting better, you know, and uh, um, I'm just happy that the fruits of that showed up, you know. You never know how long it takes and all that kind of stuff now. Now the word's just being consistent with what we're doing. I think, um, I think, well, we won, you know, that, that always helps, you know, a lot of the things look better, you know, and uh, we did better in the red zone. Um, we've been, we, we were moving the ball. Um, you know, right now, and I say for the past couple weeks, we've been moving the ball well, but we finished today, you know, and, um, you know, like I had told, you know, everybody before, like I've, I told you guys on earlier this week on Wednesday, I feel like we're getting better, even though the whole world was falling down. You know, I was like, you know, inside our building, we are, we're getting better. Um, we're communicating, uh, we're talking about things, uh, and I thought, that that showed today, and, I, and I, that was the thing too. Is like me and Jameis were talking. Like it's cool that you got we won this game, especially after the communication and conversations that we had relationally and all those kind of things. To see it come to fruition today was cool. It's always more fun when you win, no matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter what team you play for, no matter whether you play for a team that wins 14 times a year or a team that wins twice a year. I mean. Go back and think about when the Bears beat the, uh, the Commanders a few weeks ago on Thursday Night Football. They broke a 14-game losing streak. You wouldn't have known they were on a 14-game losing streak in that locker room, I'm sure. Winning solves every problem, even if it's only for a little while. Live in the moment. You know, people bashing and hating on Derek Carr. Why do they bash and hate on Derek Carr? It has nothing to do with Derek Carr. It has to do with the fact that they were spoiled for 15, 16 years, whatever it was, 15 years. They were spoiled with the greatest quarterback that has ever played for this team, ever will play for this team. It is what it is. It's a, it's a fact, at least in your lifetime. There's not going to be another Drew Brees in this team in your lifetime. It doesn't happen. In very rare Super-duper rare cases do you get generational talents twice in a lifetime as a fan. If you're the 49ers, you got Joe Montana and Steve Young back-to-back. -back. Think about how rare that is. 
Give me another team where that's happened. When Roger Staubach left the Cowboys, they got Danny White, who was, he was good, but he wasn't great. I mean, go down the line. What did, what did the Patriots get when Tom Brady left? A whole lot of nothing. What did the Colts get when Peyton Manning left? Andrew Luck, who was injured all the time. And then retired at what, age 27 or whatever it was. Be realistic. Be, a risk, be realistic about what to expect about it. I'm not saying you shouldn't expect to win. You shouldn't expect your team to have a winning mentality. You should accept mediocrity. That's not what I'm saying. But when you have to live in the now, it is what it is. You are where this team put you. Derek Carr, I don't understand. I didn't understand before, and I don't understand now. The hate for Derek Carr. Just like I didn't understand the hate for Jameis Winston, still don't. There, all you can do is shush the haters, right? He's now thrown for over 300 yards in three consecutive games. He's just shy of 1,000 yards in the last three games. But yet people are out there hating on him on social media. I injected myself into, very stupidly, by the way, and I always wonder why I do this after I do it, Usually what I do is I'll say what I have to say and then move on, and I don't go back and look at the, at, the, at the comment afterwards. But yesterday there was this thread of hate for Derek Carr. Oh, it's one game. It's just one game. It's not just one game. It's not just one game. He threw for 310 yards this week. Last week he threw for 301 yards. The week before that he threw for 353 yards. But why was it different? Because the Saints won. The quarterback gets way too much credit when a team wins, and he gets way too much blame when they lose. It's like anything else. It's no different. He's been good three weeks in a row now, but people don't want to realize that. The haters aren't going to give him any credit. If he does this for four more games in a row, if he has one bad game after seven good games in a row, They'll blast him and say how much he sucks. It really, you know, it's, it's mind-boggling, the thought process of the average fan. You know who's realistic? And I, it was one of my favorite press conferences after a win because it was down to earth. You know, I used to blast Sean Payton sometimes because when they would have all these winning games in a row, and then they lose one, and he wouldn't, you know. I mean, if you've listened to Derry's Dime over the past, course, past couple years, you know how I feel. I'm fired up when the Saints lose. And a lot of times I'm fired up because a coach doesn't care enough. But De Alvin Kamara just keeps it real. Maybe some coaches should learn from him because after they won, he was smiling, he was joking, he was laughing, but... There were things that he said that I wish other coaches would pay attention and listen because he was straight up and matter of fact, and this isn't good enough for him, and he knows the potential of this team, and I want to see this going forward. Uh, the vibe was we need to get a win. Uh, the vibe is like the vibe area 
uh, Sunday. You know, we want to go out and execute. And, you know, some Sundays we fall short. Some Sunday, some Sundays it comes together. It came together today. I mean, I still feel like we missed on a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um, there's still more out there. Um, I'm happy about the win always, but, you know, I'm always looking for, for the extra. Like, we, you know, we get... We got some some plays that you know we could have hit. I don't know. Chris must have seen. Uh, I don't know what he saw when when that ball went up, but uh, that's a good one. And then I know he was talking about. Uh, Derek was talking about the one with uh, Jawan in the end zone. You know, I mean, we've seen Jawan make that play. Um, it was good coverage, but you know, we still want that one. Um, what else? We had some false starts that kind of took us back in the drive. Um, you know, it's still a lot, it's still a lot out there. So you know, I, I don't. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but <laughs> um, you know, it's a, it's a good day. But you know, you look at the film and then you're like, man, we still got more. We still got more. So keeping it real. That's what Derek uh, Alvin Kamara was doing there. Keeping it real. I mean, there. Look, don't be a hater when it's not time to be a hater. Don't hate on Derek Carr because he's not Drew Brees. Don't hate on Dennis Allen. Because he's not Sean Payton. I mean, he's a long way from Sean Payton. I get that. This team has all sorts of issues, but it also has potential to be at least a glimpse of what they used to be. I said it last week. I said it in August. I will continue to say it until they're mathematically eliminated. This team is the best team in this division. You could say, oh, well, that's because this division sucks. Well, you know what? It's the division they're in. There have been times when the Saints were in a really tough division. One of the toughest in football. You didn't apologize for winning the wild card then. You didn't apologize for winning a division title. Or you, you just got in the playoffs any way you can get in. You do the same now. You're in a crappy division. Take advantage of it. Don't say, Oh, it's because they're in a crappy division. Who cares? If you go 9-8 and eight and it's good enough to get you in the playoffs, then who cares? You get the right matchup, you can win a game. Sure, every team's goal should be winning a Super Bowl. But this team needs to take a step forward. The confidence that they got from winning against the Colts and the way they won and scoring 38 points is going to give them confidence going forward. More times than not, when you look at past results, scoring is contagious. Just like playing bad is contagious. Losing is contagious. So is winning. You've got to string multiple games like this together. But you can't do it without doing one of them. Saying Derek Carr sucks is ridiculous. You're not paying attention if you think that. Or you're one of those people that I'm just not going to give them any credit. There are people out there that it doesn't matter what someone does. They're just not going to give them any credit. There are people out there that, and look, I'll tell you right now, if this Saints offense continues to do what they've done for three weeks in a row now, or at least do what they did yesterday and somewhat of what they did a week ago Thursday. Yeah, I mean, they only scored 13 points against Houston. You can't get fired up even though Derek Carr threw for 353 yards. There's a lot of things they screwed up and did wrong. But if they play in the future and continue to play like they played the last six quarters, 
I'm not going to be a stubborn jackass and say, Pete Mar Carmichael is just awful. I don't know how they're doing this. Because there will be people that do that. I'm going to give the dude credit if credit is due. He earned credit yesterday. I thought he called a very good game yesterday. But the problem I have is the same one that I've had. He's inconsistent. Can they find a way to get consistent and be consistent? You don't have to go for 500 yards a game. That's not what I'm talking about. So that's what fans want to see. But don't be a hater at the same time. Be a realist. Sure, it's not as fun to be a realist when the Saints do what they did yesterday. But it's also not as gut-wrenching when they stink either. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, where would you rank this team among the 32? I think the Houdat, the Houdat faithful in general probably would have ranked this team somewhere around 30th last week when in all reality, it's not much different than what they are right now. I mean, in all, all honesty and reality, this team was probably somewhere around 17th or 18th last week, and they're probably around 14th, 15th, 16th now. It's really no different. I mean, the Indianapolis defense is coming in. I think they were ranked like 22nd or so. Not great. But that's not why the Saints did. I mean, the Saints have played other bad defenses and not been able to put up those kinds of points. The Saints were able to do things yesterday because they had a game plan that worked for them. They, I, I'm going to say it again. I mean, you may not like this terminology, and I don't necessarily mean this in as negative a way as it probably sounds, but they dumbed down the playbook. They took half the playbook, ripped it in half, and I mean, I'm exaggerating. They didn't exactly say we're throwing one half of the playbook away. They cherry-picked what they threw away, I'm sure. But you have to do that again next week. You have to sit there and go through the playbook. And if you're Pete Carmichael and whomever and Ronald Curry and whoever's deciding these things and Derek Carr, you say these are the plays that will work against the Chicago Bears. These are the plays that will work for us next week because you have to do that. I mean, the Bears are almost an identical duplicate of what the Saints played yesterday defensively. They're 23rd. They're ranked 23rd in defense. The Colts were 22 or 24, somewhere right around there. The Bears are the 30th ranked defense in the NFL against the pass. They're third against the run. So this is going to be a, have to be a Derek Carr game. And the offensive line is going to have to play. And I'm, you know, we're 39 minutes into this podcast. I never even mentioned the offensive line yet. The offensive line played its best game of the year. I don't think there's any question of that. Trevor Penning wasn't in there, except for a couple plays to bring in extra protection. You may hate Andrus Pete and ridicule Andrus Pete constantly, but Andrus Pete played left tackle, a position he doesn't normally play. He didn't have a monster edge rusher going against him, and he played pretty damn good. There were some really dumb false start penalties that hurt this team yesterday and could have cost them, but they overcame them. And they played their best game of the year overall. 
going forward, the Saints have caught a break. If you look at the schedule coming up, they play the Bears at home, and then they go to a Vikings team that is still going to be in flux because they lost Kirk Cousins for the season. They don't have their quarterback. Now, sometimes teams rally around losing a quarterback and end up playing well. The trade deadline is tomorrow on Tuesday. I don't know when you I don't want to say tomorrow when you might be listening to this on a different day. The trade deadline is on Halloween. Will the Vikings make a trade? I don't know. They don't have a lot of time to do it. But the Saints caught a break. They go to Minnesota and play a team that was definitely on the rise and was probably better than the Minnesota team that that last year went whatever it was, 12 and 5 or 11 and 6 or whatever they were. Then they get their bye week, then they go to Atlanta. And then they finish the season playing four of the final six games at home in the Dome. Lions, Panthers, Giants, Rams, Bucks, Falcons. Other than the Lions, there isn't a team they play the rest of the year, and I'm talking about right now. Other than the Lions, there isn't a team that, that they play the rest of the year that's better than them. Take that for what it is or what you want to take it for. If you were a hater coming into the week and you're not sure what to do right now, take that however you want to take it. My prediction going into this week was that I said, I wouldn't bet on this game if someone gave me money to bet on it because it's too unpredictable. But if I were forced to pick a team, I thought the Saints would play one of their best games of the year because their backs were against the wall. It was a must win. The fact that they played as well as they did in what I consider a must win and were focused tells me that this team can do it when they have to. It also tells me that they're not preparing the correct way during the week because if you go through and some of these teams that the Saints have lost to and played crappy against, the Tampa Bay game, you scored nine points against Tampa Bay at home, unacceptable but then you go and shut out new england on the road you were focused you got embarrassed at home by tampa bay you got focused went on the road and shut out new england then you were high on yourself you go to houston against a team that's frankly not very good they lost to a panthers team yesterday that got their first one of the year and then you come home and you play one half against jacksonville and should have at least tied the score and gone into overtime against the Jacksonville team that now has the longest winning streak in the NFL currently. You just don't know what you're going to get from this team. That's the problem going forward. So enjoy it. Be excited in the locker room. But let's see if they can put together two games in a row. Can you do this again? We're doing some good stuff. Okay, now we got to continue to keep doing that. All right, and in the critical moments, make the play just like we yes, did sir. today. Yes, sir. Just like we did today. When we had to go close it, we were able to close it. All right. Okay. Here's the deal. We don't get to carry any of it over with us. You with me? We got to go right back to work. So it's right there for you. Okay, it's right there for you. But now we got to go back this week and go to work, okay, 
And we can't be satisfied with getting one. That's right, you can't be satisfied with that. Okay? We got to lock in, man. All right? And let's go get another one. Yeah. And then another one. And then another one. Okay? All right? I've been telling you we got a good team. Now we got to put it together. Be consistent. You know all those times where coaches say they take stuff game by game? Yeah, that's a bunch of horse hockey. They don't take Jack game by game. They're always thinking ahead. We're going to get next one and the next one and the next. They know that this is the, this is the time of the – if you look at the schedule, this is it. I said this before last week. You pissed away some opportunities to take charge of this division. Now you're in a position to where you got to win. Forget what you did yesterday. You got to win two of the next three, in my opinion. And one of them has to be Atlanta. You can't come home and lay an egg against the Bears. You beat the Bears, you go to Minnesota, and you play a good game whether you win or lose, and then you come home and beat Atlanta. I mean, then you go back on the road after a bye week and beat Atlanta. That's what this team is. This is the crucial juncture of the season. I said it last week on Thursday's show. I said it again on Friday's show, and I'll say it one more time. Last week, through the bye week, through the end of November, you got a one-month stretch where you're going to find out whether this team is a team that can go in the playoffs and give the franchise hope for the future, or are you going to have a repeat of what you had in 2022? Which one is it? We don't know the answer yet. We're going to find out really soon. You don't have to put up... 511 total yards. You don't have to have 400 yards in three consecutive games. Derek Carr doesn't have to throw for almost 1,000 yards in three straight games. But you got to win. You got to play defense better than you played this week. You got to play defense better than you played last week. This team, we talk about the defense. Guess what? The defense didn't do it. I mean, they, they came up big at times when they needed to come up big yesterday, but you don't hear the haters talking about the defense being bad today. You know why? Because the haters, they only talk about Derek Carr, Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, and they, they all climbed back into their holes this week. But they'll re be right back out again if the Saints stink, stink against the Bears. Hell, I'll be bitching about... Pete Carmichael, too. But I'm going to tell it like it is, and yesterday he had a good game. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. You should do the same. Is this team going to consistently play like it played yesterday? I think there's a better chance the answer to that is no than yes. But it's not out of the question, and I'm not just going to dismiss them because they proved that they can play that way. Derek Carr says it takes time to get adjusted. Maybe he does get too high after wins and too lows after losses. Tom Brady showed his fire on the field all the time. Aaron Rodgers shows his fire and happiness and joy on the field all the time. Brett Favre did the same. It is what it is. 
Each quarterback is different. Each player is different. Each coach is different. But what the Saints have now in Derek Carr is better than anything they've had since Drew Brees left the building. And quite frankly, this might be blasphemy to some, but it's even better than what Derek Carr, I mean, what, it, what Drew Brees was in the last year or two of him being here. Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball more than 20 yards. You take the good with the bad. You can hate me for saying that all you want, but it's true. Drew Brees should have retired two years before he did. Had he retired, that's a whole other story. I'm not going to go on this tangent right now. But had he retired, Tom Brady would have been in the building. And the Saints would have won at least one more Super Bowl. But that's a whole different story again. I said, don't dwell on things like that that don't mean anything during the football season. So I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm just stating a fact. You're going to hate it or not. Going forward, again, most important stretch of the season. Chicago at home, at Minnesota, by week, at Atlanta the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Can you go two and one over that stretch? Can you be six and five when you come home to play the Detroit Lions and start a three-game homestand? That's the question. Or, or seven and four for that matter. You put yourself in this position to where you got to, it's going to be a nail biter, a nail scratcher, whatever you want to call it. It's not going to be easy, no matter what. You put yourself in this position. This team has no business being four and four. They easily should be six and two right now. You gave away the Green Bay game. You should have beat Houston. You probably should have beat Jacksonville. It is what it is. For the sixth time in the Dennis Allen era, take this. This is just a fact. I'm not, I'm not getting on Dennis Allen's case. I'm just stating a fact. For the sixth time in the Dennis Allen era, which is only a season and a half, they've had six two-game losing streaks. But for the fifth time in a row now, they ended the two-game losing streak with a win. The only time they lost three in a row was the beginning of last year. That's good and bad. It means they can wake up when they have to. The problem is they need to figure out how to focus, get their heads out of their butts, and do it consistently. That's the dime. I just think that um, this team showed the potential that it has. It showed the potential it has offensively for the last six quarters, and it obviously has already showed the potential it has defensively throughout the season at different points. They haven't shown it the last two weeks. But at times, they can be dominating. Will they be dominating going forward? When will the Saints put together? Here's my question. When will this team put together a dominating performance on both sides of the, of the football? 34 to nothing wasn't it. That score is completely misleading. The Saints were not good offensively in that game. They really weren't. It was the defense. It was all defense. Yesterday, it was almost all offense. They played better defensively in the second half. They got the pick of Minshew. They limited the long runs. But you know what? The Colts and Shane Steichen will learn this going forward, a first-year coach who I think is going to be good. He will learn forward. He abandoned the run way too early. He got scared to run the ball at a certain point. 
And it's kind of like when he did run the ball, the Saints kind of knew that he was running it, and he backed off. He made some, I thought there were some big mistakes on the other side, of the, on the other sideline. Dennis Allen was better than Shane Steichen yesterday. There's no question about that. Pete Carmichael was better than Shane Steichen yesterday. There's no question about it. And Shane Steichen won a, uh, went, brought a team to a Super Bowl last year. You can see how lost the Eagles are. And I'm, I don't care that they're, what their record is, but they struggled to beat the Commanders yesterday. And if you watched any Philadelphia football over the course of the past few weeks, they're not playing, this, they're not playing like they played last year. A lot of that is because they lost both their coordinators. Shane Steichen did not look like a Super Bowl kind of coordinator yesterday. But things change when you become a head coach. Some coaches grow in a hurry. Some coaches can handle the pressure from the get-go, and some can't. Sean Payton can handle it from the beginning, but he didn't always handle it. He had a lot of down years. People forget that. Will Dennis Allen grow up in front of our eyes? Maybe. Maybe not. One win doesn't make a football team, but it sure beats losing. Four and four is so much better than three and five. You can say, call me Captain Obvious all you want, but I'm not just talking about on the periphery. I'm not just saying four and four is better than three and five. The difference between four and four and three and five may be how you look at the rest of the season. Had this team lost three in a row and lost five out of six and gone to Indianapolis and laid an egg, this would be a whole different show and not just a whole different feeling. I, I, I think that the season would be, the, the, the trash can lid would be open and half the team would be in there. That's where we'd be right now had the Saints gone and laid an egg in Indianapolis. But they didn't. There's confidence. They have a new philosophy. We'll, we'll take in this playbook down to 40 plays or whatever they're really bringing it down to, 35 or 40 plays. Will that make that big of a difference? Will they continue to be able to put up 375, 400, 450 yards or more. We'll find out. Chicago Bears, I don't think Justin Fields is going to be ready for next week. Uh, and that rookie quarterback looked lost last night against the Chargers. Saints would get a break if they don't get Justin Fields. Justin Fields is not the quarterback the Saints usually do well against. But they could get a break, and they'll definitely get a break the week after against Minnesota. Think about the quarterbacks that the Saints have to play coming up. Potentially, um, a rookie who's played two NFL games, who knows against the Vikings, Desmond Ritter stinks, Jared Goff's okay, Bryce Young for Carolina after that, Danny Dimes probably for the Giants, he sucks. Matt Stafford hasn't been any good. Baker Mayfield again, and then Desmond Ritter. You name me one quarterback on that list that scares you, makes you think that the Saints can't finish this season with nine or ten wins. 
I said it before last week. I'm not saying anything I didn't say before. It's not because they won. I'm not telling you to get overly hyped, but be realistic. They didn't suck after last week. They did some things that sucked, and it was frustrating because the reason why it's been so frustrating is because I think most of us, most realists, knew that they had this in them. That's what's frustrating, and it's frustrating for them too. We'll see. We'll see how next Monday goes. We'll see how the dime goes next Monday. That is going to wrap it up for us as we go out this morning um, trying to think of what song fit. And, um, you know, it, it, it really wasn't that hard. Halloween is on uh, Tuesday, so, so I wanted to come up with something that was Halloweeny. You're a Halloweeny. Who's a Halloweeny? We're all Halloweenies. The Saints busted it. They busted that schneid. Four out of five losses. It's over, at least for now. They call me Ghostbusters, and I'm in control. The Saints are in control right now of what? Who knows what, really? Well, they're in control of their own destiny. Can they keep it up? We'll find out soon enough. That is going to about do it. We'll be back on Thursday with Uncle Big Nick. Our picks for week number nine. It was a mixed bag. We both did just okay. We won you a little bit of money last week. We'll try to win some more next week and be a little bit better. And then on Friday, uh, Larry Holder is expected to be back as we preview week number nine. We are midway through the season, boys and girls. We are busting ghosts all over the place. Don't eat too much candy. And if you're old, don't trick or treat. Stop eating out of the candy bag. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. Don't eat the kids' candy. We'll see you on Thursday. Peace and love, my friends. Seeing things running through your head. Who can you call? An invisible man sleeping in your bed. Oh, who you gonna call? I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Afraid of no ghosts.